It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and the Deacon, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, but both of us believing in the power of an ice cold beer. So Doc, I, I was on my way over here and I was thinking, you know, I spent uh, a couple of weeks away from the family and one of the fears I have is like, I hope that's not the time I go. Ooh. Right? Like when I'm away and alone. Wow. And I was like, oh, so I actually made an appointment to come see you because I, I, like, I, the doc needs to check on me. I mean, you, your job is to keep me alive. Yeah. Well, I, I know it's hard to get in with me currently, but, <laughs> I, I, but I, I somehow think I could work you in sooner. And honestly, I, I can't have you die. It would make me look really bad since I'm your doctor and you're pretty young. Like, that, that's, that's not a good sign. Like, what happened? So, hi, welcome to the podcast. This is the doc. And the doc. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What happened to the deacon? He died. Well, the deacon here probably thinks that he would rise from the grave. And hello, welcome to Doc and the Dead Deacon. Well, at some point I will. That is true. I mean, at some point, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Oh, so speaking of that, because you're one of these religious guys. Yeah. What are we doing with your body? Well, that's a good question. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. There's a lot of people that have a lot of very strong viewpoints about what to do with a body when uh, the person has passed. Uh, you know, in early on in the Bible, like in 1 Samuel, uh, we've talked a lot about David and Saul and Jonathan throughout many podcasts. Well, at the end of Saul's life, um, he was being attacked by the Philistines and he and his sons were on the run and they were outmanned and outgunned and he was fighting for his life, but he was, was... Was he a good fighter? He was a good fighter. Wow, so if I was in a fight, I better call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But he was a good fighter, and probably uh, one of the... I would consider it an honorable thing that he did was there at the end, his, the Philistine army had captured and killed his sons, and then he was wounded, and he had a... Uh, an armor bearer next to him. So he had, he had like a personal protectant is what they would have back in the days for the king. And um, he told his armor bearer, he said, I'm wounded and they're going to come get me and they're going to make game of me. So I need you to take your sword and go ahead and finish me. Wow. And his... Like Mortal Kombat finishing yeah. move. And his dude wouldn't do it. So he took the sword and fell on it himself. Mm. And then his, his armor bearer saw it, it, it happened. So he fell on it his sword as well and died with him. They all died that day. And the Philistines came. Oh my and they God, that's what a cult sounds like. The Philistines came and they found him. They cut his head off and they put it all around to, to make it as a sign like Saul's dead, King Saul is dead. And so then um, uh, you're not listening in speed 1.5. That's just me talking quickly to get through the story. Um, but if you are listening in 1.5, this part sounds really fast. And then, uh, so then his people heard about the news and then they came and they got him and they said, we're not going to let them make 
any more game of him and his son. So we got all his sons and we got him and they, and they built a fire and they basically cremated him. Wow. So it's like the first story of cremation in the Bible. Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? So it's, that's a great question. Interestingly enough, later on, so there's a lot of religions. In the United States, um, cremation is become more and more popular. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to and, and doing some research for this and listened to these guys called um, Stuff You Should Know, a podcast. And they, they quoted some stuff and said that, that you know, in, in the 70s, about 3% of Americans got cremated and now it's up to like 34%. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what this what that is with religion, but I know there's some religions that are priests. In the New Testament, Paul talks a lot about how our bodies are, uh, when Jesus comes back, our dead bodies, our old bodies will then be rectified and, and resurrected and we will all be raised to a new life just like Jesus, so our earthly bodies will be gone away anyway. So to me, if you're buried, your body's going to decompose, right? So it's not the same body that you got buried in. I mean, there's going to be some decomposition. Have you heard of the show Six Feet Under? Yes. So actually, if you're buried six feet under, there isn't as much carbon and things that would break you down as quickly. So actually... About 30 to 48 inches is the be- about, uh, you know, um, 24 to 48, 48 inches is the best depth to be buried at. That's two to three feet? Yes. Okay. Or two to four feet? Yep. So um, if you are actually six feet under, it will take longer for your body to decompose. Okay. Well, that's a good stat to know. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I don't know that there's a difference. I believe that no matter what happens to my body after that... The Bible says I'm going to get a new heavenly body anyway. Mm. And so um, I would actually like to be cremated. Okay. Okay. When you go up to the Lord with your heavenly dad body. That's right. My heavenly dad bod. Well, I know, I know it's, uh, there's arguments about what it does. I, I don't know. I just, for me, um, the thought of taking up this space, this land... Just for me, seems pretty vain. Well, the Hindu religion obviously has been using yeah. cremation along the Ganges River for years, right? And that's kind of done in open cremation. Yeah, they set them out on a boat on a pile of wood. Yeah, and light the fire. Like, hey, come on, light my fire! And they light the fire, send the boat on down the river, and boom, right? Yeah, they sure do. And they celebrate. There's, uh, there's other. Do, do you know? Do you know that my mom asked me the other day if at her funeral we would have open bar and top shelf liquor, <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, we're just having wine and beer." And she goes, "Oh my gosh! If if at my funeral you have to pay so somebody could get a mixed drink." <laughs> I mean, as much as it, it's that's I, this is a true conversation. I love that though. she's concerned about yeah people yeah. that much. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I'm not going to drink the well stuff. Oh, no. How dare you? No. Like, she better have some good beer for me, too. Okay. Well, when Rose, I love you. But when you're dead, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll am see. I, am I in the Paul Bearer category yet? Oh, yeah. For yeah. Rose? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, my brother's been acting up recently, so you may be moving right into that spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, cremation. 
is not medical, but it is about the human body. And so for cremation, basically, you cool the body. So you're going to now learn, this is cremation 101. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you about the crematorium. All right. Teach me, baby. Teach me. The cremulum, right? I'm about to preach about, I mean, how to burn a body. Yeah, okay. So basically. This is like murder 101. So basically, we put uh, people, we, we cool the body. Yep. And we put it in a casket. So what, is there an optimal temperature? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you put the casket, and it goes on a loading table. Okay. Right? And then um, certain people, um, actually, you can, in certain religions or uh, certain cultures, they'll bring someone in and actually hit the button. So the loading table heads in, and actually, it can go from 800 degrees Celsius up to 1,700 degrees um, Celsius, and immediately as it goes in, they shoot a fire at the body. And there can sometimes be some spontaneous uh, flames that come right away. What happens right away is that it's burning the fat yeah. and the muscle yeah. and the tissue. So initially, there's actually different areas. There's the main area where it's burning, and then there's another area where the ashes uh-huh. are, are being burned and kept because they want to keep everything together in this in this one area during the initial part. I bet when all that's you can find out truly if somebody's big bone, right? Well, you are right. They say if someone weighs five hundred pounds versus someone weighing two hundred pounds, they often will make the same amount of ashes. So abdominal obesity and things like that do not affect this. Height is one of the big things. Huh. I and more ashy than you, and may turn into more ashes than you. Mm. So That's, big bones, but it is absolutely, height is one of the biggest things that determines how many pounds your ashes are. And so I guess one of the good things about it is like, it doesn't have to be like a fancy casket, right? Because Not at this point. Yeah. Correct, correct. People still pay for those. So it takes about 70 to 150 minutes. You still pay for a fancy casket even though it's going in the, in the, in the smoker? I mean, fancy people do fancy things. Fancy is as fancy does. <laughs> so basically, about 70 to 150 minutes, they put everything in there. 70... To 150, to 150 minutes, depending minutes. on oh, what. To, so uh, I got to use you. real math here. So that's an hour to two and a half hours. Yes. Well, so cremators can cost anywhere from eighty thousand to two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So it depends on how nice the one you hid and how nice the one you have. So if is. you're like an eighty thousand uh, dollar cremation machine, it might take somebody a few hours. So you're basically like, it's oh, like I'm six five. It could take three hours in that. It's one. like cooking ribs. <laughs> it's like cooking ribs, except for uh, the ribs will be gone at this point. Though after this time, there will be bone fragments, and if there was any metal left in the body, and so then they go in, and they basically take a little a broom and they sweep up all the remnants together. And at this point, it's mostly bony remnants, or if there were any metal in there. Oh, so like if you have a metal hip or like... So what about a gold tooth? They take the gold tooth out first? They do not take out the gold teeth. I'm going to come back to that in one second. So then they take these bony fragments and they put you in the cremulator. Okay. You cool it off and you put it in the cremulator. Yep. And this basically makes an ash kind of a gravel-like 
substance. And this takes three to five minutes once they've had this. And this is taking these, these kind of uh, bones that are basically now brittle. Yeah. And they're uh, mostly just calcium and, they're orga- inorga- and they are organic and they don't have bacteria at this point because basically everything's been burnt up. Yeah. And then they prepare um, your ashes. Okay. Yeah, which actually is more like, you know, a gravelly type product, if you I, look I've at never it. looked at them. I've never grabbed one. About how much, do they, do they say about how much that thing weighs at the end? Yeah, 7 to 10 pounds. Okay. Depending on how big the person is. And so there are certain things that the uh, morticians have to take out prior. Okay. Also, morticians make about uh, sixty to eighty thousand dollars. It takes about two years to really become trained to become a mortician. And that now is does I don't know if you know the answer to this. Are there crematory specific funeral parlors, or does every funeral parlor also have a crematorium? Well, I don't know that, but they're not regulated well. And in Pennsylvania, there are no government regulations. Zip zilch zero, right? Yep, nada. Uh, which, uh, you know, does make for some shady type things going on at times. But what needs to come out is a pacemaker. A pacemaker definitely needs to come out. Got to come out. A pacemaker will set the lowest heart rate. So if you have had problems with second degree heart block type 2 or third degree heart block or tachybrady syndrome or complete heart block, you have had to have a pacemaker placed. But these can absolutely kind of blow up. In the in the thing, can you? Well, if you've got a pacemaker, like, is there a chance? Because I've heard of people being buried alive. Yeah. Can somebody be cremated alive? Well, basically, not in the world we live in currently. Like, but back in the day, they used to have some tests to check and see whether or not someone was dead. Okay. So back in the day, doctors used to recommend. Shoving needles under the toenails. Oh, because if somebody was alive, you know they're jumping for that. Yeah, you would at least see some reflexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, slicing the feet with knives mm-hmm. or burning them with pokers. Mm. So this, this back, is what physicians did back in the day. Back in the day. Yep. I think I've got some better tests that would work now. Another, smoke enemas. Okay. You know the term of blowing smoke up your rear? Yeah. <laughs> That's what a smoke enema is. Yeah, for drowning victims, they would actually blow smoke into oh, your rear to see if it fantastic. would warm you up. That's, and then I never knew where that came from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's why I'm here for mm. it. Also, um, this one is kind of, I think, the, uh, the most barbaric. Uh, sometimes they would chop off a finger. Mm. Yep, now you have it, now you don't. So, uh, like, so they, I think... It's, it's possible that they need to, they certainly need to modernize. Like, one of the things I would do is um, place a Popeye's chicken sandwich in their hand. And if it automatically moves to their mouth, you know yeah. they're alive. Like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I would play Old Town Road. Of course, they would have to. Because La- if they start dancing, yes. then you know they're alive. Speaking of dying, you know what is sad? If you're dead, your hair no, no longer grows. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What happens, though, is because there are thoughts that people have seen, oh, this person's hair grew. What actually happened is the body shrunk down, and so it looked like the hair was longer. Oh. Yeah. Also, if you were buried alive, 
The air in a coffin, the oxygen, lasts only about five hours. You better hope you're not six feet under mm. and you're about 20 inches. Did you, um, did you ever see the movie My Girl? My Girl. My Girl. Yeah, uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yes. And there's a, um, the little girl's dad is a mortician. Okay. In the movie. And so she's obsessed with death. And then, you know, he gets stung by the bee and is allergic to bees and dies. And, wow. Um, it's pretty, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it in a really long time, it's really cool. <laughs> I like it. Uh, with cremation, there are all these questions about what would happen if, right? And so what would happen if you had eaten like a ton, the, the question was, if you had eaten a ton of popcorn right before it happened, could you screw up the cremation machine? <laughs> would your body blow up with popcorn? Yeah. And the, and the answer is, is no. Because it's popcorn, so Yeah, because popcorn cooks best at 356 degrees. Yeah. And the cremation machine can get up to 1,700 degrees. Wow. The kennels would skip the popping and would just be destroyed. Hmm. Also, if you die in a plane... Even if there's medical personnel there, they will not declare you dead until they land. Really? Yeah. So the time of death waits until someone lands. Even if you're a doctor on a plane. Not snakes on a plane. But the doc on a plane. plane. And I wonder if you get stuck, like if it's a connecting flight, if you have to get to your destination. Like if you're flying to Philly by way of Chicago and you die on the way to Chicago, maybe they don't pronounce you dead until you get to Philly. Well, I would prefer to be pronounced dead in Philly because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm yeah, Philly all the right, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. If you actually try to rent a place in California and the person who had lived there prior to you died within the past three years, they have to tell you. Really? Even if it's an Airbnb? Oh, don't go there. <laughs> so I have a new term for you. Ready? Okay. Um, tapphobia. Tapphobia? Tapphophobia. Tapphophobia. T-A-P-H-O phobia. It is the <laughs> T-A-P-H-O phobia. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. That, yeah. It is the fear of being buried alive. Ooh. That's a reasonable fear. Yeah. Also, uh, one of the biggest mortuaries in the world mm-hmm. is uh, it's sad to say, uh, but is Dover Port Mortuary. And it is where all um, veterans of the United States when they pass, get brought back to him. Is that in Dover, Delaware? It is in Delaware, yeah. 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 So, um, listen, being a mortician is an important job. It's a difficult job. They're making sure to get your pacemakers out. They're trying to get out your hips if possible. If not, they just remove them after you are done uh, uh, being burned in the uh, cremator. They also don't want you to call it Cremains, because that is actually considered inappropriate. It's, oh, so it can't be like Brangelina? Yeah, it's cremation remains, not cremains. That is considered inappropriate. Don't shorten that. Don't shorten that. There are very much all these abuse of corpse laws. Okay. And basically, when it comes to all the different procedures that have to go after you pass. Right now, though, uh, what I've seen and it's kind of a medical type thing, is this Body Worlds exhibit. Have you seen that? No. This is after someone dies. Uh, They basically are dissecting them and putting them in certain positions and then basically 
putting them in this wax plastic and you get to go see an exhibit. So someone would be, you know, sitting reading, someone would be running, someone would be sitting in a different position. If you died... But they're post-mortem. Oh, they are very much post-mortem, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if, you were, if you passed, what position would you want to be found in if you were, you know, chosen to be in the uh, Body Worlds exhibit? Mm, praying. Wow. Good answer. Good answer. So that leads me to a game. Are you ready? Well, that my other choice was, um, was coughing with you standing behind me. And I thought, there's no way that that was possible. So I'd rather be in a praying position. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Moon River. <laughs> I, think that, <laughs> I think that is a great idea. Which brings me to, I don't know that we're going to call this a game. This is questions. For the deacon. Okay. I'm going to give you two options. AMA. Ask me anything. Okay, okay. Now we go to the part of the show where I ask him questions and he answers with the answer. It has nothing to do with the question. Ding, 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 ding. Um, if you were cremated, yep. would you want me to spread your ashes over a baseball field? Okay. Or your church? Oof. Well... Um, I actually have, have thought I was. I mean, it, I, I thought you were going to say a golf course. Uh, so I would go. I. You know what? Here's what I know. I know that you can do a little at a time. Yeah. So I'm going to go with if I could be spread on a baseball field at my church on a golf course and in the ocean. I'd be a happy dude. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. I would want a little bit of the deacon to keep with me for life. Yeah, and then I, I can. Should... Can we put that into your will now? I would like for my wife to have me made into a diamond. Yeah. For her to wear. I've, which I think is possible. It is. Yeah. Um, next question. Mm-hmm. Say your wife passed. Okay. We love you, Megan. R.I.P., baby. And she got cremated. Yep. And your new wife <laughs> thought, <laughs> thought her urn needed to be taken down. Would you take Megan down off the mantle because your new wife asked? Never. Never? Never. And I wouldn't take the necklace but, but off. But what, what if she painted the room and Megan's urn didn't go with a backsplash? Then we'd have to paint her urn the same color so it would like fit in or tile it or something. No, I could never take you down, baby. Okay. You would live forever. Okay. Last question. If Megan dies, by the way, everybody I think that knows us knows that if Megan dies, I'm in deep, deep trouble. Because she does so much, I would not be able to figure it all out by myself. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also her doctor, too, so that would still make me look bad. <laughs> right? Indeed. Um, so, last but not least. Okay. The doc is dead. Oof. Or I'm on, uh, I have brain damage. Not in my currently, but like, you know, and I cannot be, and I cannot live. Would you feel better to pull the plug, to let my life leave? Or to hit the button that would take my body into the cremator to be burned. If you had to pick to do one, what would yeah. you feel better about? Oh, man. Um, if I had to do one, what would I feel better about? I think uh, pushing the button. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I think the, sim- the symbology there... I think the real word is symbolism, but symbology sounds better. The symbology there. Ooh, that's something a religious person would do. Just make things up. (laughs) 
of like it all going up in flame. Me being there at at the end, you know, as I was praying for you and all that stuff. It would make to me it would uh, it would be very sim- symbolistic of our relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love life. I'm, I'm, I, you should. Yeah, you're a great doctor. And when, um, well, because you guys are still alive. No, no, no. But that's true. I mean, I have. I, I, you know, if if there's people that listen to this that that also have you as their physician, and they can attest to that. Yeah. And I know that um, to have someone that caring, the way you do your thing, has always been. You know. Yeah. And if I was there at the end. Yeah. Well, you know what? For for our for our wives, yeah. If we pass, you know what? This is what we want you to do to our wives. We're gonna sing to you. This is our love. Oh, we're we're, we're gonna sing this. Yeah, we're gonna sing to our wives. Okay. Yeah. The time to hesitate is through. No time to wallow in the mire. Trying how we can only lose. And our love becomes a funeral pyre. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire. But the honest truth is, I'm donating my body to science, so I will not be cremated. Oh, that's good. I believe you should. Yeah, my body will be given to science, and I will make sure... Then Megan's ashes never get moved from the mantle. Can I get cremated if I still want to donate pieces of me? Like if I'm an organ donator? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. I'm just checking. Yeah. I didn't think about that till now. Well, two things you can always count on. The donk is in and his body will be given to science. The deacon is speaking and, uh, baby, I'm asking you to cremate me. Will you do that for him? He loves you. <laughs> and I promise I will never move your air urn. This episode is alive, but if you hate it, just set it on fire. (laughs) Uh, Thanks so much for our producer, uh, Tucker Butler. Music by boy franchise. Follow us on Instagram, at Doc and the Deacon. Twitter, at Doc Deacon. Uh, Facebook, Doc and the Deacon. And if the FBI is watching me, this is the reason I have been straight watching videos about cremation and death. <laughs> it's not that I'm doing anything bad. Some of our Google searches leading up to these episodes is oh. probably put us on a list somewhere. Oh, I'm on a list of like how you can do a cremation if you only have $10, four matches, and three sheets of someone's medical records. Yeah, my sister always asks me, like, where do you come up with this stuff? I'm like, uh, you should see my Google history. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening. Peace. Peace, live. Excellent brain trust to market and brand this. That's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show won't be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic, you can't fake it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in. Now I'm coming to close it like a Roldis Chapman.